just imagine waking up in Australia or Africa or Canada or any place in the world and run your business from that place. Our next speaker does that and will share with us how. Building spirituality, family, health, and business. This is The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant. Hello, Giant Builders. Guess what time it is? It's two o'clock and here we are. And my guest today is Sherry Caulfield. Hi, Sherry. How are you? I am doing great today. Glad to be here. Oh, I'm glad you're here too. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Oh, I certainly can. I am the founder of Results Partner Business Coaching and Consulting, have been in this wild and wacky world of entrepreneurship for over 20 years and absolutely love it. I love working with women entrepreneurs who have service-based businesses and really to help them to turn their gift into a business, but also a business that gives them that, that freedom and flexibility to, I call it living your bucket list now and taking your business with you. So if I can help them get a, a solid clarity on their their vision for their life and their business and build the foundation for their business that allows them to, to uh, choose and implement marketing strategies that give them that income that they need to live the lifestyle they want. I'm a happy camper. Oh, good. Well, tell me what got you started as an entrepreneur? Oh, you know, I was in corporate for the first 13-ish years of my career, and corporate was actually very good to me. I didn't have the horrible experience that some people have, but it also, you know, I kind of got to the point where I was tired of basically sitting in meetings talking about what we're going to do at the next meeting, uh, mm -hmm. and I really wanted to make a difference, and so the the company that I was in had a great relationship, but wasn't really doing what I wanted to be doing, so ended up leaving that, and in the next 12 months, I started three businesses, because I had to be an overachiever, of course, um, one of which, which was my coaching business and ended up taking all of them to multiple six figures and one of them to seven figures and sold sold one and uh, ended up kind of bowing out of the other one. I was doing new product consulting with more corporate companies mm -hmm. and kept my coaching business. So the last uh, 10 years or so, I've been focusing 100% uh, on my coaching business. Well, congratulations. That's pretty exciting. In my notes, I have down here that you had a knock upside the head moment. That was <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, it's so funny. There's that, you know, that old saying, do as I say, not as I do. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I had one of those moments because I am really big on vision. And I always start there with my clients and helping them to get clear on what, what it is they want for their life before they build their business so that their business can fit into their life versus their business taking over their life. Well, I was sitting in my beautiful home in Monterey, California, which I loved, had been there 20 years and was working on my vision letter. I do a vision letter, a part of this process, and I do it for myself as well and was working on planning for the next year. And I had one of those knock upside the head moments where I realized that I wasn't living my vision, that what I really wanted to be doing was traveling full time. And yet I built a bit, built a business, successful business, but it was built about two thirds of my leads were coming from live speaking, mostly in California. And so if I stopped getting speaking engagements or going to live networking events for a couple months, if I wanted to go off to Europe or something, my leads dried up. So I had built, I had unconsciously built myself into a business that didn't support the lifestyle that I wanted to live. And I'll be honest, it was, I felt totally out of, out of integrity. Because here I was teaching my clients to do the exact opposite, and I had unconsciously got myself into this place. 
So I put my stake in the ground and I totally revamped my marketing system, went from from virtually probably 80% offline businesses, offline leads, I should say, primarily speaking, to 80% plus virtual leads, sold my home, put my stuff that I couldn't part with in storage. And six months later, I was traveling off to uh, Australia for several months. And I didn't look back during the prior to the pandemic. I was traveling internationally about nine months of the year, taking my business with me. And I love it. And I love supporting women that have a bucket list, whatever that is, it may not be traveling to basically do the same. You say that you help mostly service-based businesses. Can tell me what a service-based business would be? Sure. So in the in the coaching industry, of course, we use a lot of service providers. So service-based businesses are are people like virtual assistants and graphic designers and copywriters and bookkeepers and and then sometimes outside of that would be people like massage therapists or uh, photographers, people that provide services. They don't necessarily have a brick and mortar business and they don't produce products, if you will. So that's what I mean when I say professional service-based businesses. So if we wanted to take this bucket list challenge mm-hmm. and build a new business, where should we start? Well, I think it, it's basically what I, I mentioned before about my my epiphany, if you will, my knock upside the head moment. You start with your vision because in order to make sure that we build a business that fits into our life versus taking over a life, we have to get clear on what it is we really want. And too many entrepreneurs don't get that clarity before they start their businesses. And too soon, now me, I had my knock upside the head moments, you know, 20 years, not quite 20 years into my business. But a lot of entrepreneurs, when they don't have that thinking up front, they will end up building a business and choosing marketing strategies that really don't fit what they want to do, how they want to live their life. And so by starting with what do you want your life to look like? What do you want your relationships and your environment and your the people that are around you? How do you want to spend your time? Really getting clear on all of that, not just your business, but everything around your business first, then you can build a business that fits into that lifestyle. So if you tell me I'm a mom and I only want to work nine to three, then we're not going to build a business that requires to you, you to be somewhere in the evenings, right? But if you don't get clarity on that on that first, sometimes people kind of fall into their business and then they wake up one morning like I did and they realize that their business isn't serving them. So start with vision. It's where everything comes from. What stops an entrepreneur from doing both, being successful and living their bucket list? Yeah, well, the reality is uh, what I believe are the two biggest enemies of entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. are inconsistency and overwhelm. And honestly, I think inconsistency drives a lot of the overwhelm. Uh, We've all heard of shiny object syndrome and entrepreneurs are very, very susceptible. And so what happens is that we hear all these messages out there. You know, you have to do a podcast, you have to do a challenge, you have to do a webinar, you have to do this, you have to do that. And they all sound like good ideas because people are telling us that they're working and that they created a six-figure business in 39 minutes. And The fact of the matter is when we try to do too many things, we don't do any of them well. We become inconsistent at doing them. So we will implement a strategy and then all of a sudden we'll be off on another strategy. So we will, you know, we'll back off of that, that first strategy. And when we start doing that, things start piling on top of each other because we're trying to do too many things. So we get the overwhelm coming in 
And of course, when we're overwhelmed, we do nothing well. So it just builds on each other. So if you can create consistency in your business and in your life for that matter, then your overwhelm almost automatically goes down. Does that make sense? That makes sense. It does. What's the key to ending a feast or famine cycle of getting clients? Ah, well, that's, that is the outcome. The biggest outcome of inconsistency and overwhelm is that feast or famine cycle. We go out and we get a few clients and then we busily go and serve them. And then we poke our head up and we realize we stopped all our marketing efforts because we were working on serving our clients. And now we have no leads coming in. So there's no new clients and of course, no income. So the biggest thing that we need to do to get out of that feast or famine cycle is to to create that consistent flow of high quality leads so that we can, over time, we can turn them all into clients. And there's really four things that I think of when I think of how do we do this? How do we keep, how do we create that consistency so that we get those leads and we avoid the overwhelm? So it's like a double, double whammy in a good way. So the first one we've already talked about, and that's start with your vision, right? Because when you have that clarity of the of vision, not only does it become your anchor when things are going not so good because we go back to what that vision is, but it also gives us clarity on what we should be focusing on. So it gives you permission when the new idea comes in to stop and say, okay, is this in alignment with my vision? And if the answer is no, you give yourself permission to not do it. And that can be freeing in and of itself. So vision is always the first thing. The second thing is to keep it simple. I use what I call the rule of three. The rule of three goes all the way back to Aristotle, believe it or not. And it's all about how our brains work. Our brains think easiest in threes. So three choices of signature offers, three marketing strategies, three choices for your kid to have for dinner tonight. If you if you think of things in threes and never go more than that, you will keep yourself more focused and productive. So I always, most importantly, talk about no more than three marketing strategies. Because if you have more than that, the chances are you're not going to be consistent at implementing all of them. So that's number two is keep it simple and use the rule of three, which then leads to number three, which is the consistency. So whatever you choose to do, have daily and weekly activities that keep you consistent, that keep you doing those things on a regular basis. So if LinkedIn is one of your strategies, going into LinkedIn for an hour a day, Monday through Friday, and do it consistently. If podcasts are your strategies, having a time every week that you record your interviews, whatever it is, create routine and consistency for yourself so that you can stay in that marketing every day versus marketing in the in the stop and start kind of kind of a, a structure that we all we all have been there at some point in our businesses. Finally, bulletproof your follow-up system because in order to create the clients, you have to turn the leads into people that you identify whether what you do fills a need and you make them offers. And sometimes that takes follow-up. And if we've all heard the phrases, the fortune is in the follow-up and all that good stuff. And the reality is it's true. So make sure that if you go to a networking event, that you're following up the people that you meet, because if you're not, then you might as well not go in the first place. So follow-up systems. So start with your vision, keep it simple, use the rule of three, consistency, and then bulletproof your follow-up system. Those are the four keys to ending feast or famine. All right. So what is your favorite lead gathering system? Ah, well, uh, I have a little bit different philosophy in that I truly do believe that there is no right way to build your business. 
that the marketing strategies that we choose must fit where our ideal clients hang out, how much time and money we have to invest, because different strategies take more time or more money, what we like doing, because if we don't like doing it, we're probably not going to be consistent at it, and then what fits into our lifestyle. So those are the four criteria that I look at with my clients and myself for every marketing strategy that I pick. As far as the ones that I'm using right now, the, my top three, again, I have three just like I, I tell my clients, my top three are live networking because I love meeting people. So I have a couple of networking groups that I go deep in. I don't have a, ten, a ton. Um, this set, my second is LinkedIn. Uh, I find a lot of con great, great connections on LinkedIn and absolutely love it right now as a lead generation and, and collaboration and referral system. And then I, I love speaking. I love doing podcasts like this. I speak on stage. I do my own workshops and I meet a lot of my leads and my clients through speaking. So how do you decide where you're going to travel next? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> uh, so honestly, what I do is I have... I, I'm one of those people, I it, I always tell my friends, just tell me where we're going and I'll be there. So there really aren't a lot of places in the world that aren't on my bucket list, to be honest. But I kind of go with what, what calls to me. So for instance, I decided last year that I've always wanted to see the tulips in Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. So I set an intention that this next spring, I'm going to go see the tulips in Amsterdam. So I've kind of had that in the back of my mind and been planning. Well, sure enough, I get invited to speak at a women's empowerment conference in Paris in March. So now I have my trip to Europe covered because I'm going there to speak, right? Mm -hmm. I can spend some time in Paris and then I can go over to Amsterdam. The timing is perfect right before the tulip time. So it's kind of a little bit of kismet and a little bit of what's on my list. And some, and usually I do it backwards. People say, well, don't you like get speaking engagements and then go there? I actually do it the opposite. I decide where I want to go. And then I reach out in my community, been around a long time. So I do have quite a few connections all over the world. Mm -hmm. And I reach out to people like in Amsterdam and just in the process of that right now, reaching out to the people I know in Amsterdam and seeing if they know places that I can speak in Amsterdam, because then that allows me to actually legitimately write off more of my trip to Amsterdam as well. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. A little different. I go for a month each place I go. So oh. I pick a city and I stay there for a month and then I do day trips from there. But it really allows me to live like a local and run my business because I am working when I'm there. I'm taking my business with me. I'm not going on vacation. So it's a little different strategy than a lot of people. What does your time schedule look like when you're traveling and working? Great, great question. That's the first thing I do when I get into a new area. So depending on where I am in the time zone, uh, still about 70-ish percent of my clients are still US-based. Um, so depending on where I'm at in Europe, when I go to, to France and Amsterdam, it's later in the day, of course. So, you know, the nine o'clock in the morning, I think is about four o'clock in the afternoon in Europe, most of Europe, or some of Europe, at least. So I will have a, I will set up my schedule. I set up my, my little office, wherever, wherever I'm staying in a house or a condo. And I will set my, my work time. So I adjust all my calendars and my scheduling calendar and all that kind of good stuff to the new time frame. And then I set my work hours. So in, in Australia, for instance, I love Australia because I can work from 6am to 1pm and my full day of work time and then I'm free the rest of the day. Europe's a little harder, I have to admit, because I don't start work until late in the day Europe time. 
And so it's a little harder to go out and be sightseeing or doing fun stuff during the day and then come back and start your day at four o'clock in the afternoon. But you make it work, right? Right. Oh, that sounds like fun. All right. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, no, let's do it. Let's do it. And, you know, and, and I do have friends that meet me. So a lot of times if I'm wherever I'm at, I would say maybe half of the time. I'll have a friend that might come and spend a week with me. Mm -hmm. So I get the best of all worlds. I get my alone time because I'm very comfortable being alone traveling. And I also get the fun of, of traveling with, with friends. And plus you get to meet so many fun oh. people in the different countries. Absolutely. When you're traveling, do you ever get lonely? You know, I don't, but here's why. What I find is when I'm traveling alone, I will be more willing in some ways to reach out to people that I just come into contact with and they're more willing to approach me because I am alone. So I have, I've met people on buses. I, I remember meeting a, a woman on the way to this, this, the uh, Cindy zoo and we ended up walking around the zoo together. She was a, a grandmother that was there uh, and she was just spending the day with the, going to the zoo. So I, you know, just all kinds of examples like that. I remember in split Croatia I was in this, this apartment, but it was a house that had been converted into several apartments. So there was a, an apartment right next to me that we kind of shared the sides of our balconies. We had happy hour every night and it just, you know, people are, people are so generous and so welcoming when you're the same. And so I meet a lot more people when I'm traveling alone than I do when I'm with someone. Because if you're with someone, then of course you're talking to that person, right? Mm -hmm. So you're not necessarily engaging with those that are around you. So there are advantages to both, but I, I don't get lonely. I never get lonely. How can people reach you? Well, you can always reach me at my website. It's resultspartner.com, results with an S, partner, singular.com. And uh, I also have a free gift I'd love to share with your audience, if that would be okay. Oh, love it. Thank cool. you. Well, one of the things that I find in, in, in a lot of what we talked about today, how do you stay out of the feast or famine cycle? How do you uh, create that bucket list life? One of the biggest challenges that I hear from people is, okay, I get it. I need to create a, a business that I can run from anywhere. And that requires me to get leads. How am I going to do that? Well, most of the people that I work with in service-based business will get their clients by having one-on-one -on -one conversations with them on, the, on Zoom or on the phone that they then make sure that what they do fits the needs of that potential client. And then they invite them to be a client, to work with them on a call, an enrollment call, sales call, discovery session, whatever you want to call it. So what I hear so often is, but how do I get people on my calendar? So I created this report called 17 Easy Ways to Fill Your Calendar with Potential Clients. And I'd love to offer your guests listening today uh, access to that. We'll put the link in the, the show notes. And you'll, you'll find that there's there are, there are some ways on there that are literally you can execute them in 15 minutes. Uh, and I'll share one now if that would that be okay? Oh, please do. Okay. So a really easy one is think, do you have a link to schedule a call with you on your email signature? Oh, and so many people don't. And that's an easy one. Email is something we are doing almost unconsciously every day. And you never know what touch point that person is going to say, you know what, I need to talk to her. And if your link is on that email, it's spur of the moment, they click on that link and they're on your calendar. So that's when you can literally do that in five minutes today, add a link uh, to, to your scheduling uh, calendar, if you will. Right. Um, and there's some that, that are like that. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. 
consider it done. I'm going to do oh, it. Now. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. So there are a few on there that are really easy like that. And then there are some that are more strategic and do take more implementation time and, and strategy time, if you will. But the point is, you're not going to implement all 17 of these at once. Remember what you're going to do? You're going to pick three, three, implement those, like cut, get a couple of easy ones off the plate before you add another one. And before you know it, you're going to have multiple ways that you can generate those calls and those calls turn in to collaborations, referral partnerships, and yes, new clients. I can't wait to get off this call so I can go get mine. Cool. cool. <laughs> I love it. So any closing thoughts? I, I think my closing thought would be people need your gift. Each of us have a gift we share with, with the world. Now, whether we've turned it into a business or not, doesn't really matter. They need whatever gift that we have to share. But the only way that they can get it, that they can get access to that gift, is if people know that we're out there. So when you create a system, and I'm speaking more business in this case, that consistently gets you in front of your ideal client, that's consistent with your vision for your life and how you want to live your life. And when you're living your life, that bucket list life, and you are at your happiest, only then are you really serving yourself and serving the potential clients that are going to benefit from working with you. Well, thank you so much. That was such great information, especially how to pick out where you want to travel next. No. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> So, oh, what's on your what's on your bucket list for travel? Uh, well, actually, this year we're going to, um, well, we're going to Maui to see my son. Awesome there, and then we're going to go to um, Portugal, Spain, and Casablanca. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, we love Portugal. Portugal was was actually before I got the the speaking engagement in France. I was going to go to Portugal was my other kind of backup uh, okay. prior to going to Amsterdam. Yeah. <laughs> But I would love to get speaking engagements so I wouldn't have to pay for those trips. <laughs> exactly. Hey, yeah. it's a it's a great it's a great way to fund your travel. Oh yeah. So at least yeah. partially funded. <laughs> well, everything helps, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. And just everybody, the link will be below to get your free gift. So make sure you take advantage of that. All right. Bye, giant builders. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. This has been The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant.